Welcome to Bathing with God, the free audiobook podcast from my imagination to yours. I'm Glenn Ostland, and if you like what you hear and would like to purchase a print or Kindle version of the complete book, search for it on Amazon.com or go to the website bathingwithgod.com. And now I give you Bathing with God. Chapter 4 The Reality of Fictions How did Homo sapiens manage to found cities comprising tens of thousands of inhabitants and empires ruling hundreds of millions? The secret was probably the appearance of fiction. Large numbers of strangers can cooperate successfully by believing in common myths. Yuval Harari, Sapiens All right, this is really bugging me now. Welcome Welcome back. back. Seriously, cut it out. This whole thing you said last time about everything being a fiction, I just can't buy it. That would mean that nothing is real. And nothing to get hung about. What? Strawberry Fields Forever. It's a Beatles song. Yeah, I I know what it is. But it's part of everything, and everything is a fiction, so it doesn't matter, right? Nothing is real. Nothing is solid. Nothing is reliable. I just hate that whole idea. I wish you had never said it. Why are you telling me all of this? Because it's annoying me, and it can't be true. What do you mean by true? No, no, I don't want to play your smug little Socratic gadfly games. You know exactly what I mean. You smell everything I smell and think everything I think, remember? Quit pretending like you don't know exactly what I mean. Okay, calm down. What do you want me to tell you? I want you to tell me that not everything is a fiction, that there is truth in the world, that there are things that we can actually know. All right. Hey, guess what? What? There is truth in the world. There are things that you can actually know. Very funny, but I'm serious. So am I. So, were you lying to me last time? Were you giving me some stupid kind of test? No. So, everything is a fiction, but there is still truth? Everything is a fiction, but there are still things that we can actually know? That doesn't make any sense. Why not? Because if something is a fiction, it can't also be true. These words keep tripping you up. I don't know how I can help you understand this. Because it's just not true. You said that everything is a fiction, but that would mean that nothing is real. And I know that there are things that are real, so not everything can be a fiction. I can feel your frustration. And I understand it. You're right to be frustrated with this idea. It's a tricky one. Don't be condescending. I'm not being condescending. I just want you to know that I don't think you're wrong. What you are frustrated about, if it were true, would be impossible. And for me to insist that the impossible is possible? Well, that would be really frustrating. And furthermore, impossible. Duh. But, what if... Our miscommunication is coming from the way we define the words we're using. When you say fiction, you immediately think not true. Is that right? Yes, because that's what fiction means. You have facts and you have fictions. True or false. Real or not real. It's simple. When you say true or false, do you mean 100% true or 100% false? Not necessarily. Maybe a fiction has some truth to it, but as long as there's even a small piece that is not true, 
that calls the whole thing into question. So when you say true, you really mean complete? I guess. Or accurate, correct, real, actual, the complete story, no guesses, no faulty assumptions, no missing pieces. There are a lot of words that mean the same basic thing. I understand where you're coming from, and I don't want to frustrate you any further. What do you want to hear from me? I want you to admit that you were wrong. I want you to admit that not everything is a fiction. Okay. I was wrong. Not everything is a fiction. Are you just saying that, or do you really mean it? Both. I was exaggerating earlier. Slightly. What I should have said is that everything is a fiction, except for one thing. Oh, brother, I'm bracing myself for another major eye roll. By your definition, truth requires accuracy, completion. Not just one or two limited, incomplete perspectives, but the entirety of every possible perspective. Of every perspective that's true. Not the made-up ones. Not the inaccurate ones. You are boxing yourself into a corner again. No human being can ever have a perspective that is true, if by true you mean complete. The only thing true about each person's perspective is that it's theirs, that it is based on where they are in space and time in any given moment, what details they are focusing on, and what details they are ignoring, where they have previously been, and what those previous experiences have meant to them. There's a lot more to it than that, but it is very much like the kaleidoscope example that I gave to you earlier. Your neural pathways are constantly changing, and those neural pathways determine your perspective in any given moment. The relationship between those neural pathways and your experience is true, but that is a subjective truth and a subjective reality. No one else can ever share it exactly with another person because they are experiencing the world through their neural pathways. A lot of people feel insecure because they don't see things the way that other people see them. But the truth is that no one does. And it would be much nicer for those people if they could learn to celebrate the uniqueness of their vision rather than feel inadequate because it's not the same as someone else's. Sure, I, I can accept that everyone has a different perspective. But I can't accept that every perspective is equally valid. Some people are right. And some people are wrong. Take flat earthers, for example. The earth isn't really flat, even though they believe that it is. How do you know that? You have got to be kidding me. Because astronauts have taken pictures of the earth from out in space. You can see that it's round. And airplanes circumnavigate the globe all the time. I've done it myself a few times. Business trips that take me from the east coast of the U.S. to Europe to Asia and back to the west coast of the U.S. I know that the Earth is round. You are really not going to like what I have to say next. I already don't like what you just said right there. Let me tell you a little story. Once upon a time, there was a little boy who fell down a deep, dried-out well. Looking up, he could see a small, round patch of blue sky. And over time, he began to think that the small patch of blue sky was all there was to the outside world, but he was wrong. Yeah, I've heard this story before. My dad used to tell it to me all the time. Sort of. Your dad would say that only a great fool looks up from the bottom of his particular well and thinks that patch of sky is everything there is to the outside world. Same thing. Yes, but let me tell you 
the rest of the story. To bide his time, the boy started changing the shape of the walls of the well. He would remove the stones from one area and add them to another. One day, he made that well the shape of a plus sign, so the patch of sky looked like a plus sign instead of a circle. Another time, he made it in the shape of a triangle, so the sky looked like a triangle, and so on and so forth. He loved making new designs. Every day the sky looked different. Of course, the sky itself never really changed, just the shape of the well through which he was observing it. Do you see where I'm going with this? Are you going to tell me that my neural pathways are like the different shapes of that well? Sort of. But that would be more like placing strands of yarn all up and down the well walls, crisscrossing each other and making a unique design that filters the light coming from above. But the point I really want to make is that what you perceive as the sky, and the walls, and the stones, and the well itself, that is all determined by your physical senses. The sky is not really blue, even though all of you would see it that way. The reason you see it that way is because your eyes have a certain number of rods and cones, and the light that comes in through those rods and cones takes on a certain color that is associated with the wavelength of light that is being filtered through your eyes. But the sky is not really blue. It only looks like that because of the way the human eye has evolved. The sky is not really blue? No. Color does not really exist in the outside world. It's a subjective experience. Is that true? Of course it's true. Imagine that you're standing in front of a beautiful pine tree. On your right shoulder is a bat. On your left shoulder is a live shrimp that you have in a jar of ocean water. At your feet is a snake. You're all facing the pine tree, but you are all experiencing something completely different. How different? You are experiencing the photons that bounce off of the tree and hit your eyes with your three human photoreceptors, so you see a mix of green and brown. The shrimp, however, has 15 photoreceptors, so the color it is seeing through its eyes, you can't even begin to imagine. The bat is creating an image of the tree in its mind based on sound waves that bounce off of the tree. The snake is creating an image of the tree in its brain based on thermal signatures from the tree. Do you have any frame of reference at all? for what it would be like to create an image in your mind based on either sound or biothermal fluctuations? There are so many different ways of perceiving the world around you. All you know is the human way. But guess what? Trees are also aware of the world around them. So are mushrooms. They communicate with each other across massive mycelia networks that function very similarly to the synaptic firing of your brain. Nature is full of different ways of perceiving the world. There are 8 billion different species of life on this planet, which means that there have evolved at least 8 billion different ways to perceive reality. Which one of those is the one true, objective, universally correct way to perceive it? What does this have to do with flat earthers? You aren't going to tell me that they evolved to see the world as flat instead of round, are you? In a way, that is exactly what I'm telling you. There is a very important human tendency called confirmation bias. Do you know what that is? Of course I do. It's the reason why people see what they want to see and believe what they want to believe. 
and why people tend to turn a blind eye to evidence that would disprove something that they want to believe in. Confirmation bias has a similar effect on the way people perceive the world as the different sensory organs in the snake, human, butterfly, and shrimp. If you were able to somehow borrow the snake's thermal sensing system, you would understand why it experiences the pine tree as something completely different than you experience. The same could be said if you put yourself into the figurative shoes of the flat earthers. They have legitimate reasons for believing what they believe and for seeing what they see. And those subjective reasons are different from your subjective reasons for seeing what you see. But that does not make you right and them wrong. But the earth is round, not flat. It's only round because of the way your physical senses experience it. Wait, don't get all crazy on me here. The earth is round, period. Try to listen to what I'm about to tell you. I'm going to drop some science on you. Are you ready? Do I want to be? Of course you do. You're in control, remember? I'm just your imagination, pushing you through all of this. Fine, go ahead. Drop your science on me. With pleasure. When you learned physics in high school, you were taught a very common fiction. You were taught that electrons and protons are like tiny little separate billiard balls that spin around each other, like planets in a solar system. And that activity is what creates atoms. But that is not the actual truth. It's not? What is the actual truth? The actual truth is that every electron in your body is connected to every other electron that exists everywhere in this universe. They are not separate billiard balls spinning around other separate billiard balls. The electron is a quantumized bundle of energy from a massive electron energy field that fills the entire universe. Is this another one of your fictions? Yes, of course, but it's based on the most current peer-reviewed scientific understanding that you currently have. Think about what this means. It means that everyone and everything is quite literally connected to everything else. We are all made from the same energy stuff. And, and that energy stuff is not really trillions and trillions of tiny separate things. That energy stuff is a single massive energy field. Everything is this massive energy field. There is no beginning to it. There is no end of it. It is all connected at the deepest energetic level. It is all one thing. But you do not perceive it that way. Why? I don't know. Because it's too small? Partly. But the real reason is that your physical senses, which are made from this energy stuff, have not evolved to detect it in any way. Your physical senses evolved to focus on a very narrow spectrum of light and sound and smell and touch. You evolve to be repelled by the electromagnetic force that holds molecules together. The force that keeps you from falling through your chair every time you sit down, even though your chair is made up of mostly empty space. As are you, by the way. But imagine if you had evolved to sense the electron field that fills the entire universe. Would a pine tree still look the same to you as it does now? If you were able to see the massive energy field, how would you know where the pine tree stopped and the air around it began? 
it would all look like what it is, a massive sea of energy. If you had evolved to sense all of this, would you experience space and time the way that you do now? Would the planet Earth still look round to you? Or would you see it as it actually is, a single field of energy that fills up everything? There are so many different ways of perceiving reality. Which one is the one true, objective, universally correct way to perceive it? Every point of perception has its limitations, its blind spots. Only one point of perception encompasses everything there is to perceive, and that is what you would call God, the one consciousness that is the accumulation of all of the infinitely expanding perspectives in everything that exists. Because it is the source of all the infinitely expanding perspectives that are perceiving what they are perceiving. When I tell you that God is all around you and that God is everything, I do not mean that as a metaphor. The source energy that creates everything is intelligent and aware of everything it is and everything it is doing, always. Nothing can be more than that. Everything is less than that. So that is what I mean when I say everything is a fiction. Every point of perception, except for one, is incomplete and inaccurate to one degree or another. Or at least it is inaccurate if you believe that one perspective gives you a complete picture of the world. And the human perspective has so many limitations and so many blind spots that to call anything truth as opposed to fiction is the highest form of comedy. Well, I'm glad we could all entertain you. I'm glad too. But let's be complete and accurate here. You do far more than entertain. We wouldn't want to be accused of spreading fictions. I'm getting up now. This is driving me absolutely crazy. You can pretend to leave if that floats your boat, but don't forget, we're always all connected. Of course, you can continue to ignore that if you like. Now I know why ignorance is bliss. Thank you for listening to Bathing with God. If you like what you just heard and would like to purchase a print or Kindle version of the complete book, search for it on Amazon.com or go to the website bathingwithgod.com. And if you really, really like what you just heard, share it with someone you love and give me a five-star rating on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you use. You can also like our Facebook page and subscribe to the Bathing with God YouTube channel. And if you'd like to reach out to me personally, you can email me, Glenn Osland, at bathingwithgod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And probably so would Quad. Oh yeah, bring it. Thanks again for listening to Bathing Bathing with with God. God.